This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started. Today, we are going to do something slightly different. We will eventually get back to the Matthew passage. But the first thing we want to do is come to an understanding of what suffering is and what it means to have the truth. So we're going to look at John chapter 18, verses 28, and going to chapter 19, verse 16. Now, this is Jesus in Pilate's court. And it starts out, Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas to the praetorium, and it was early morning, but they themselves did not go into the praetorium, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Pilate then went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? Now let's keep in mind here that Jesus has already been beaten up because when he was with in Annas or Caiaphas's house, the Sanhedrin pounded him on the face and other places with their fists, and they spit on him. So Jesus is already in you know, pretty rough shape by the time he gets to Pilate. Now, so he's standing there with Pilate or in front of this huge mass of people and the Pharisees, it was them that answered Pilate and saying, if he were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him up to you, which is a non-answer. They're avoiding saying anything because they know they have no case against Jesus for real. So Pilate says, you take him and judge him according to your law. And the Jews said, it is not lawful for us to put anyone to death, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spoke, signifying by what death he would die. And then Pilate answered, entered the praetorium again, and he called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? Now, here's an important detail about this passage. Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Now, the attitude behind this is one of someone who says, Because I'm not of this particular group, I'm exempt from having to know these particular things. And there are even entire cultures in this world that say, because we're something, we don't have to worry about the truth of Jesus, because I'm whatever. And they'll say that, and they'll say it with a straight face, believing that because they're of this particular ethnic group, they have no need to know anything about Jesus. And so they say they're exempt. And you see, this little story may not necessarily apply exactly because we have in this country people who also say, well, that's okay for you, but not for me. And I was talking to this guy one time and I was explaining the gospel and he looked at me with half grin, half straight face and said, well, that's what you believe. I said, yes, I do believe that. And then I kept saying, you know, and talk to him some more. And then he said, well, that's what you believe. 
And this went on for a few five minutes or so. And eventually I got frustrated and said, okay, that's what you believe, you know, okay. And, but this is the same attitude. It's like, I don't need to know this and this doesn't concern me. And that's the spirit for which Pilate made that comment or question, am I a Jew? Now, your own nation and the chief priests delivered you to me. What have you done? Well, Jesus didn't. Jesus answered, my kingdom's not of this world. And he goes on and on and saying, are you a king? Then you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. This is verse 37. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And then Pilate asks, and this is a famous question, what is truth? Now, it brings up and kind of begs the question, did Pilate really want to know? Or did he not? Was he just saying that to kind of, again, kind of dismiss the whole issue? And so he goes out and he says, I find nothing wrong with this man. And then Pilate took Jesus, this is beginning of chapter 19, and scourged him. And the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they put on him a purple robe. And they said, Hail, King of the Jews. And they struck him with their hands. So Jesus goes back to Pilate, and he is looking really rough, if you want to say, because he's been scourged, and that's that thing that has the hooks in it that peels your skin off, you know, and you lose your hide. And he's standing there bleeding, and you think, my gosh, what is going on here? Why was he being treated this way? And then we think about Pilate's question. What is truth? What is truth? And think about this. Jesus is standing in front of him. He's standing right there in front of him. The one who is the truth. The way, the truth, and the life. Truth is standing right in front of Pilate, and he still doesn't get it. And in this case, the truth here is looking really rough because in this case the truth is a bleeding wounded servant what does that tell us it tells us that we need to be willing to stand for the truth even if it costs us something and possibly even our lives because, folks, let's admit it, the truth isn't always very glamorous. The truth is not always pretty. The truth is not always dressed in a Hart Schaffner and Mark suit with Nettleton shoes standing there perfectly groomed. The truth sometimes is very inconvenient. But the gospel calls upon us to stand for the truth anyway. And so, we have to be willing to stand for the truth. Now, think about this. Jesus, as the truth, is standing there in front of Pilate, bruised, bloodied, torn apart. And he's suffering. 
Now we come back to the passage in Matthew and we see that Jesus is sitting on his throne and there those people are standing before him for judgment. So what is the issue being covered in this passage? He says, I was hungry and you gave me food and whatever. And, and whenever you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it for me. Truth, again, is a wounded, suffering servant. Here's the relationship. As followers of Christ, we are called upon to be those who relieve the suffering of those who are Jesus's brethren. Some people say it means only members of the church because it's Jesus used the word brethren. But there was this parable where Jesus said, who is my neighbor? And it turns out the neighbor was a Samaritan, an outcast, a pariah to the Jews, but that was the neighbor. So who do we assume now is one of Jesus's brethren? Just about anybody who's suffering. And so that's what we're called upon to do, is relieve the suffering. And so what we're also called upon to do is when we see, believe it or not, yes, there are those who were there pulling a con job, but there are also those who are sitting by the entrances to shopping centers with these signs that say, I'm homeless or I just lost my job or whatever. Some of those people are actually suffering. And some of those people then are Jesus's brethren. And we're called upon to help them. And so there are many times when I've done something where everyone would say, are you crazy? You mean you gave that person money? He's been there at that corner for how many months? He's probably perfectly capable of working. And so he's sitting there just sponging off the public or trying to avoid responsibility. And I said, I'm going to leave that to him and his conscience. But when I saw someone who looked really grungy and like they were suffering, I decided to do something to help them. And this point is not so I can pat myself on the back for doing that. The point is, is that we don't know if those people are truly suffering or not. We don't know how long they've been sitting there, but we're called upon, you know, to help the homeless to help those who are hungry, to help those who are lost, who are out there and they've lost their jobs and they've got three or four kids. We are called upon to make a difference in those people's lives because as Jesus was standing there as the truth suffering, we are called upon again to relieve those people in the world and their suffering. Francis Chan in his book, Crazy Love, and I highly recommend reading that book if you have not. And Francis Chan in his chapter on chapter, I believe it's chapter six, says in this chapter of Matthew, he's talking about Matthew 25, Jesus blesses some people for what they have done. Confused, they ask, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And then Chan writes, his answer is staggering. The king will reply, 
I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. Jesus is saying that we show tangible love for God in how we care for the poor and those who are suffering. He expects us to treat the poor and the desperate as if they were Christ himself. Ask yourself this, if you actually saw Jesus starving, what would you do for him? John writes in 1 John chapter 3, and this is still in Francis Chan's book, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. This then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence whenever our hearts condemn us. That's the end of the quote from 1 John. Chan continues to write in this passage, we see that John questions whether it is possible to truly have God's love in you if you have no compassion for the poor. He uses as his example Christ's love manifesting itself through the sacrifice of his very life. God didn't just give a little for us. He gave his best. He gave himself. John is saying that it is no different for us. True love requires sacrifice. And our love is shown by how we live our lives. Let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. And so, folks, that's what we're supposed to be about. But let's not get down on ourselves and think, well, I haven't done much. Because we're still saved by trusting in Christ alone. You see, the good works that we would do are evidence of that salvation but we are still called upon to relieve the suffering of those who are indeed suffering and with whatever means we have. And no, we can't help every last poor person on the earth, but we can make a difference in the lives of a few people. And so that's what we would find joy in our Christian lives. And this, if you will, is the so what answer to this whole thing today? If we want to have joy in our Christian lives, let's go about the task of being like Jesus and relieving the suffering out there in this world. And because, folks, we know there's a lot of it. And we can make a difference in the lives of even a few. And folks, when you see the eyes light up on one of those people who has legitimate need and you're helping them when their eyes light up like, very seasonal reference here, light up like a Christmas tree, it's going to touch your heart too. And we will be made a little different. And we will see ourselves differently. More than that, we will find more love in our hearts for Jesus 
because we're ministering to those of the least who are his brethren. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthShore.podbean.com. And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living, Care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at ChristTheKingNorthShore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your Power for Living.